good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Country Hour. That's right. We'll be playing some classics from Dolly Parton, some Willie Nelson. That twang. Some Kenny Loggins. That's right. Bringing it back out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys out there in your pickup trucks, <laughs> in your cowboy boots, this one's for you. Dude, I feel like every every black person I've spoke to this week is just like wearing a country hat right now. <laughs> We like now we like own country. We took it over. It's, we took it, we took it over. But it, it's been <laughs> it's it's been uh, we're going to get into the main reason why. But let's be honest, it's been brewing for a minute. Of course, because I I was brought I was in a bar someplace and guess what they were playing? Nelly Country Grammar. Dude, you know what I'm saying? I mean the Nelly Tim McGraw collabo. Oh, that's a that's that's a that's you a know, quote unquote classic. It's a, it's a quote unquote classic. But I mean, I, I think all right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about like the number one music story of 2019. Number one album in number the nation one, right now. Like, yeah, album number one song. So in the number nation. one song. Sorry about it. number one song. Number one song in the nation right now. Old Town Road by the dude Lil Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> And we were going to talk about this last week, but you know, with with you know Nipsey's passing and things like that, we just didn't have time. Uh, but last week, the controversy was around uh, that song getting pulled from the country charts. Yes, uh, because basically, like this song, you know, like it just popped up on SoundCloud like four months ago. Uh, Lil Nas X like bought some beat for th- for thirty dollars from this like I think he's like Danish uh, dude. And, you know, just do a little country thing over it and popped up on SoundCloud. And so it's, like a, it's like a Nine Inch Nail instrumental. Cause, yeah. Because early on, it's funny because I remember, because it's ironic how now they do all soundtracks, but I guess that was a demo tape of, demo tape of soundtracks. Yeah. Because they released like 40 songs, just all instrumentals. And then so they just grabbed the one that had a little, little banjo in it yeah. and bam. Yeah. And like the producer didn't know who Nine Inch Nails was. It's like, <laughs> oh, this banjo sounds cool. But I mean, it's kind of interesting to see. That he put up on on SoundCloud four months ago, it started like blowing up on TikTok or yeah on TikTok. TikTok. Yep, the, um, the new Vine. Yeah, the new Vine, Vine, Vine. Like like they they took an L. All they had to do was, was stay alive six more months. They could yeah. own that shit. <laughs> uh, blew up on TikTok, um, and then you know country radio was like like you know there were like people calling into country radio saying hey yo like what's the song. And country radio like didn't know they were just, like downloading from from SoundCloud and playing <laughs> on the radio, um, and ended up in the country charts. And as we all know, uh, the institution of country was like this is not country music. The mafioso, the natural mafioso. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it has uh, doesn't have that twang to it, and it doesn't have those elements of country music. Uh, and which I mean, look. Like it's a Streisand effect, you know. It's like, okay, cool, you're gonna make this shit controversial now. Like that's when I found out about the track when you pulled it from the chart. Yes, agreed. You know, and you know, I was a little late on it. So like, so yeah, I mean, that's where we are now. I mean, like after that happened, the country community, the hip hop community, like all rallied around this dude, Lil Nas X, and now it's the number one song in the country. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And and the thing is, what's, what's interesting about that is. You know, they, it was it came out. It got pulled because it didn't have enough country elements, quote unquote. Country elements. Country elements. And then I guess the, the greatest Swagger Jack move is the fact of he called up Billy Ray Cyrus to go out there and basically sing the hook. 
And in the irony of it all is Billboard put out a like a press release saying, oh, now they reconsider it. But even though the hook is flames, it's the same song. It's not like he's, he, he hopped exactly on it with more song. acoustic guitar. He just sung the hook better. That's all. You well, know? And that's and that's the funny thing. I mean. And even the hook is funny because it's like Ryan Down, Rodeo with my Maserati. So it's yeah. like it's still like country, yeah. but not that country. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that I think that was a, that 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 whole Billy Ray thing is kind of interesting because Billy Ray's like whole motivation is like, all right, I'm going to be on this track. What are you going to do now? Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is like the it's just like the greatest chess move of 2019. You know, like you have Billy Ray Cyrus on your track. You have like all yeah, I think like a couple other like country dudes want to like jump on this track. Like, um, what's this Florida Georgia line and stuff like that? You want those like those dudes want to jump on the tracks. So, like you have all these country dudes jumping on this. Okay, cool. Like chess move. Like what your your turn. You know. You know what's awesome? I just imagine imagine like like let's say like a month from now you'll just see like you know Old Town Road. You know Billy Ray Cyrus X. You know, Dixie Chicks X, <laughs> and they I'm, all come in and do like a bar. I'm here for it. I'm here for <laughs> like a all, country like, posse cutting like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Casey like, Musgraves come in there like fucking Nicki Minaj and drop I, some bars. I, I, I want to stop the violence version <laughs> of a country track. <laughs> I'm here for all of this. I'm here for all of this. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's it's you know, country music has needed to have its ass kicked. And I'm, when I say country music, I'm I'm more talking about the institution of country music, all of these kind of like radio programmers and like kind of gatekeepers. Like you know, country is still that 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 genre where it's decided by gatekeepers for the most part. Um, and I think like jazz is probably like the only other genre like that where. Um, you don't kind of have, you know, like it's, you know, country radio is kind of like how these artists are, are made and like everybody has to move to Nashville and has to like shake hands and things like that. And, you know, like this institution has been, um, you know, there's people, who call, especially like female artists have, have called it out because like it's, you know, it's old white men. Agreed. You know? so yeah. Even like Casey Musgraves has called them out and like Dixie Chicks have called them out and like all of these female country artists. And, I, and you know, if, if they're discriminating against them, then of course they're discriminating against like black people. Of course. Um, you know, we talked about Kane Brown. You know, he was kind of like it took him a minute to kind of get him. You know, like get a little famous. Um, he's kind of mixed race, so uh, yeah. No, it's. it's I, I think it's. Um, I think it's just good to see like the institutions go down. Like that's why I'm so giddy right now because it's just like, you know, just like the Grammys, just like you know all of these old like white male gatekeepers. <laughs> You know, just getting served. I, and I think it's, it's good. It's good for America. This yeah. song is good for America. <laughs> this song is so good for It will cure America. racism. It this will. song will cure racism. Dude, you you have like like fucking MAGA voters and black people <laughs> dancing to the same shit. Come on, come on. This is the real accidental racist. Lil Nas X for president. <laughs> Billy Ray for vice president. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something where, and I, I think it's it's a couple of issues. Like you said, it's it's definitely the fact of country radio. You're forgetting about race is and even race and gender. It's, it's just a mafioso. Where the idea is, you go to you go to Nashville, go down the Nashville pipeline, become big, you become a quote unquote country star, and they basically pimp you out to be the face of country. You look at Taylor Swift. 
Taylor Swift come out, came came out, you know, primarily a country singer, you know, they made her made her bones there, started shifting towards the pop charts, made pop songs, and those are still thrown back into the country charts just because they already crowned her the, the country queen, and it will keep her as long as possible. So it's cool to kind of like you said, see an artist come out of left field, a generally homegrown artist, literally from SoundCloud, you know. Because the thing is, what's kind of fucked up about country is the fact of where in other genres, you know, you still have your weird left field hit pop songs. That's just a tradition of pop. You know, every couple of years, there's some weird song that comes out of nowhere, you know, Gundam style, things like yeah. that, where it yeah. comes out of left field. Hip hop has gotten, you know, rock music. There's always a scrappy young band kind of working their way up from somewhere that makes it big. Country really feels like the kind of space of where literally... It's a fucking, it's a machine it that is. just chuns it out. So it's cool, forgetting about all the other aspects that you've got this young dude out there putting tracks on the internet and that became a big country hit. The other thing that's kind of made it even more egregious is the fact of where we've, we've been post-genre for a long time. Sure. Like, you know, sure. it's something where, like, how I cracked the joke about how you had country grammar, but even like recently, like fucking, we forget Young Thug had his Molly Go Hard yeah, yeah, country-themed yeah. album. You've got like, you know, we would, during Cane Brown, we discussed how there's a couple of country songs that literally have trap drums in the background. Yeah. yeah. It's something where, and obviously we may, because I remember the, the, my issue with a lot of those country songs is a little bit too bro country, a little, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, a little to yeah. a certain extent. But I, the idea of where we're at a stage where if we, like right now, I could pull up the top 10 billboard charts and I guarantee you those top 10 billboard charts, like half of them are pure hip hop. Yeah. Going back to hip hop, how we discuss Khalid, Khalid, whatever his name is, he's like fucking in the top twenty hip hop songs. He's a pure R and B singer, yet he's there for like three or four tracks. Like he sings that make no sense. Yeah. So it's something where we've been kind of pushed on it for a minute, and I kind of understand it. It's kind of you know we've got we've got you've got to sell the Billboard magazine with all these charts laid out. You know what I'm saying? I get the reasoning behind it, but at a certain time. It's just, it's just fucking, we're, genre is always a problem because if you think about it, what's been always interesting as a music listener is when genre has switched. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I like listening to like, you know, very specific micro genres, you know, my, my boom bap to my bebop jazz to like, you know, my death metal or whatever, whatever. But let's be honest, anytime there was a big musical movement is when somebody switched shit, shit up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When yeah. suddenly it's just like, oh, I, I did this and I grabbed this beat or I did this and I grabbed this. You know what I'm saying? Even from trap music, you had a period of time when it was basically EDM. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. So definitely. it's like there's never been a period of where the music has been that hardly gate gate kept, except for unfortunately old white men with money. And that's been the issue of country, where you can never really break that fucking that circle because the idea of where you had to be, you know, for lack of a better terms, a good old boy. Yeah. You know, and it's oh, yeah. kind of, and it's kinda of unfucking fortunate. So this song is a revelation, I think, and it's about time. Just across the board, because who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Of course. And, and, and I think, like, what most people are forgetting, too, I think, you know, like, there's been these crossover rap country crossovers before. Like, this is not new. Agreed. I mean, you know, like, uh, I was listening, like, I was listening to an interview with, like, the producer of, like, Bubba Sparks, you know, who's, like, country as hell, but can flow. It was hip-hop. You know, like... I mean, look, this is kind of what we want to, like, forget this, but Cowboy Troy. Cowboy Troy. <laughs> but again, you know, you know, country and hip hop, like, like, it's not like this is like, 
you know, unfamiliar territory. Yeah. You know, and like you said, like, you know, like all this bro country, you know, either steals trap drums or steals like lines from hip hop. Or flows. Or flows from hip hop. You know, like, like, like this is not something that that's like, you know, like new, I feel. And I think like that's the funny thing about all of this. Like they're treating this as like this is like this fucking like spaceship came down <laughs> and alien handed you this track. I'm like, no, this country and hip hop have been intertwined for a long time. And, you know, they're actually probably not that far apart from each other when you actually look at, <laughs> like, the content and, and the song structure. Oh, yeah, like literally. It's, it's, still, it's still, I won't say misogynistic, but it's still very masculine. It's, it's very still, masculine. It's still, like, you know, I've got this, I've got that, I've got my brand new truck, I've got my girl. And, and what's interesting is as far as the way it's consumed, because, like, you know, I'm a New Yorker dude. So, you know, all I go is I go out and it's all fucking hip hop and jazz and all this avant-garde music. So what I find fascinating is when I go down to, like, let's say your average, you know, average Americana Southern college bar, 20-something bar, and they have a DJ set, like, they'll play hip hop. Oh, and yeah. then they'll go into country, yeah. and the crowd will be mixed, and yeah. they'll fuck with both. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, Kinda, yeah. It's yeah. not like it's suddenly like, oh, they play country, and the crowd shifts, and all of a sudden they play hip-hop, and the crowd shifts. The crowd just keeps rocking and rolling. I still remember, like, years ago, I was there, and the fucking... They, they were playing hip hop, and literally a song later, everybody was line dancing. Oh yeah, and it was the same crowd doing both, same yeah. mixed crowd. Yeah. So it's not anything that's been different. It's just the idea of where, because it's been the way the gatekeepers were, it was just there, just arbitrarily to make money. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and I, I think again, like we're being generalists. It, 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 I'm actually kind of curious what the the follow up single is going to be. Cause like I'm curious. I feel bad for him though. So he's I got very bad for him. He's got way too many eyes on him. I feel very bad for him. You know, because he was just throwing out different styles. Because that's what you do when you're like a 22 year old kid who like has access to the internet. <laughs> you know, who can buy beats for thirty dollars. He's yeah. just like you know. So there's a whole mixtape that he was doing like a pop hip hop track. He was doing like a trap. He was doing like this country, and then he was doing like something else. So he was just trying out 50 different styles and seeing what sticks. So I'm kind of curious now, you know, if he's going to follow up this up with like another country hip hop thing, or if he's going to like, just like, you know, flip the strip, flip, flip the script completely and just like do pop, <laughs> you know? And he could, and, and, and he could. And, and you know what? Like, I think people will be okay with that. You know, like people, people probably under the age of 35, you know, <laughs> will be okay with that. But, but again, you know, like, like, like we're in a, we're in an era now where people can just wake up and say, I'm a country artist. Yeah. You and, know, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that, you know, particularly within genres, there's the idea of where you've got to approach it with respect. And I think if, if you approach it with respect, like you'll get the props. Like it's, 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 like I said, it's it, we've been in this period for a time. So, like you said, it's it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around the fact of where now it's a big deal and now it's crazy. Yeah. Because you even go like to like let's say like something, something like Ariana Grande, like Seven Rings, right? Yeah. That's literally basically a trap song. Oh yeah. Yes, but the thing is, it comes on and we don't really consider it like, oh, this is a you know she's a pop artist doing this, doing that. Yeah. It's like is it popping or not? We don't really care. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And 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 vice versa, where you've got the Migos on top of the pop charts. You know what I'm saying? Rain drops, drop tops. And nobody really cares, vice versa. So it's just kind of cool to kind of see the paradigm shift. It's it's always cool to see, you know, 
young scrappy artists kind of make it big. But this time, like you said, it's an awesome fuck you to the powers that be. Because it's fucking argu- it's bullshit. It's something where, and I kind of get the idea of where, because they were like, what, race? What do you mean? But <laughs> the idea is that arbitrarily, we forget that, you know, it was. It, it took Michael Jackson to basically break the race barrier yeah. on MTV. Like yeah. enough where David Bowie was on there on some like y'all are fucking up. Why you guys have? I don't see anybody black on MTV. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, so it's this is the idea of where music segregation. It's relatively been in music since you started making music. You had of race course. records from the 1920s where they would literally call it race music. Where that was the R&B chart. Yeah, and then they would have to separate it out because they were like the white audiences won't are, won't like this, but. The, the cruel irony of it is, live, the white audience would go out in droves and, and appreciate it. But the powers that be figured out we have to separate this out because X, Y, Z. And it's been unfortunate for a minute and it's been a legacy. It's a legacy that doesn't really come from a good place. It's a legacy that comes from a racist-ass place. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how Billboard was on something like, oh my God, what do you mean? We would never do it because of race. And even though they don't think they did, they did. No, they, they did. Yeah, they, they did. did. They did. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And I, I, yeah, and, and you know, if, if country like and you know, country music is is, you know, they make they make money, they make money. They're not poor country artists, but you know, if they if they want to expand their global footprint, they would be all over this dude. Oh yeah, they'd be all over this dude. Like, <laughs> you know, it's almost like golf with Tiger Woods. You know, like once Tiger Woods came to golf, he started <laughs> watching golf like every weekend. <laughs> You know, like now people are like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I maybe this is on the country playlist. Oh, who is this? Oh, who, you know, like, like, who is a like Florida Georgia line? Who is like, a, you know, like whatever. Like, like I, I feel like it's opening up the door to people who wouldn't necessarily necessarily listen to country. Holy shit! You have a great point. What was the last big crossover country hit? Ooh, like Aggie Breaky Heart. Like, ironically enough, I'm trying to think back. Aggie Breaky Heart definitely was one. I, Garth Brooks was huge, but he didn't really have any hits that crossed over, which is why you had his Chris Gaines album when he was trying to be all extra rocky. Like, I'm trying to think of the Dixie Chicks is probably the Dixie last Chicks. time yeah. he had some crossover. And then, because even when with Taylor Swift, it was more like she became more pop as opposed to her crossing over. Yeah. So I think maybe Dixie Chicks was the last time you had, and that's whoa, that's fucking probably pushing. Fifteen years or even twenty. Yeah, because I mean, you know, everybody's talking about like Casey Musgraves now, but she's not. No, she's not. She's not as popular as people think she is. Yeah, and it's, she's a, she's in a weird space, almost like Wilco, <laughs> where it's like country-ish, but yeah. not really. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, kinda? Exactly, exactly. Like if she just lowered the twang and sang the song as is, you would not be able to tell the difference. She just happens to be, you know, a singer songwriter who likes acoustic guitar and a lot of country music. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So and to, going back to your point, it's 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 a great opportunity because one has country music broke across into the pop platform like this in a long time, and a pure. And that's the sad thing about it. They kind of threw shade at it as if it was a parody song. Yeah. But the sad thing is, country itself is fucking full of parody. Of course. See, I think of hip-hop. It's just like, and, he, and even when you he, when he hear him, he's like, I wrote it when I was depressed. Yeah. And like, and then you hear it, it's like, oh shit, this is like, it's a genuine it take. It came from a sincere place. Yeah. So that's what's kind of fucked up, where they're like, oh, well, we feel like it's making fun of it, and yada, yada, yada. But you know what they did? They were like, little Nas X, and some black kid, take this shit off the charts. And it's fucked up. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that's why, you know, we're going to be out there. It's going to be Country Wave. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward ready. this summer. Woo! I'm ready. Woo! This, no. dude has, this dude has a song of the summer in April. Nah, man. I'm, I'm throwing away all my Adidas boots. It's going to be all country boots this summer, dog. <laughs> all of it. All Wrangler jeans. Wrangler uh. booty. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to be out here killing these hoes. Looking around with this blonde woman. Ah, glorious. But yeah, no, it's something where... 
And in general, music has a big race issue. We don't really discuss. Of course. And it's something where, you know, obviously misogyny, you know, with the whole Me Too era, thankfully, and when they horribly dropped the ball last Grammys, they're kind of forced to turn the eye towards that direction. It'd be very interesting to kind of see just how many times you've had these, you know, artists that kind of got pigeonholed and put in certain places because of their skin color. Like, I, I would still hear things about where, even now, and I just can't think of who specifically, but they were like, yeah, you know, I'm an alternative artist, but, you know, I'm a black artist doing music. Oh, yeah. And they throw me in the black R&B section. Well, Moses Sumney was, was talking about oh, that. Oh, yeah, there it is. Moses Sumney. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just the yeah. idea of where it's like, Moses Sumney has to be seen as R&B. He can't sit next to, let's say... Your your Sufjan Stevens, yeah, yeah. You know he can't sit yeah. next to your Bjorks. Is the idea of where if you're black and doing and, and it's true because I'm trying to think of we've had a, a whole list of people like Lodic, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. like Eve's Tumor doing this weird avant garde black music stuff, and and still when I read the interviews, it's very much like as a black person, you know, yeah. as you know, and it's and it's always a white interviewer kind of leading into it. It's like, how does this music speak to you as a black person? I mean, as you no, know, what does this music say on a on a on a global black level <laughs> type shit? And it's fucked up. And it's something where we've had to deal with for a long time. And even though we're kind of, you know, hip hop is huge, and you know, we're definitely used to black faces as performers, and Beyonce's dropping that, you know, probably got a billion dollars for a little Netflix video. <laughs> just off that fucking Coachella shit, even though we've kind of hit a certain level in the arts, it's still, just like in a lot of other arts that we excel at, is there's still a tinge of racism there that we've been suffering for. So, thankfully, Lil Nas X came down from the mountain with the two commandments, <laughs> the original and the remix <laughs> of Old Town Road, and blessed us all and has freed us. I, you know, yeah, I... I, it's, I it's the real Blexit. You know, I, 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 want, I, want, I want this fall. I, I really, I, you know... He has a lot <laughs> that's riding against him for a follow-up single, but I want a follow-up single to the pop. Oh, you know. You know, and you, know, you, know you should get T-Pain. T-Pain? T-Pain does amazing-ass country music covers. Yeah, T-Pain, I can imagine that'd be funny, like, even a Billy Ray. Billy Ray has fallen off, but he's somebody where he had his songwriting chops. Like, I think if he leaned into what's been happening, just, like, if we were McIntyre, talk about it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If he just leaned into some of that, he would have a nice little cute little fire-ass album. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. Like, I, I, I really, really hope that, like, he takes it seriously. Because, I, I, look, every time a country, like, dude, like, clutches his pearls... <laughs> <laughs> and Angel gets his wings, basically. And that's the thing. They aren't. You know? This is all the gatekeepers. Like, this, I was, I, I've been waiting uh, well, for... Yeah. Yeah, Every I, time a country gatekeeper clutches yeah. their pearls, you know? Like you said, the country guy's been fucking with it. Like, there's nobody been who's like, it sucks. And it's weird that the people who got mad at it are literally billboard charts. Where it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, you, you, like, of all people, you guys should be, you know, saying cool for what's you're been happening. Like, yeah, you're like the the number one people that would benefit from this. Yeah. But maybe, but maybe it's maybe it's also the hate of the fact of where it came to non- unconventional methods. Maybe it's, it's just, well, this is the SoundCloud, you know, maybe well, it's... Well, that's true too because I, yeah. I was listening to our, like the guy who produced Bobo, Bobo Sparks and like produced like a bunch of like country artists were like, yeah, like they looked down from on him because he's from Atlanta. Wow. Which is like... <laughs> wow. You know, so what, you what a naive be, time. Yeah, it was you had to be in Nashville. You had to kiss the right ass, and you had to do all this stuff, and you refused to do that. Like this producer guy, and like they looked down on him because he was from Atlanta. So, yeah, man, 
I don't know. Like I said, ideally this wave kind of points out how silly genre is, particularly in 2019, where pretty much, you know, everything's out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that little X album. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm coming out there. I got, like I said, I, I got my belt buckle. Woo! I'll be out there looking sexy in the streets. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. it's been a lot. Of, it's been an interesting week just in general. Um, just because, uh, and then like, uh, what I found kind of interesting is the fact that, with along with what's been happening with Lil Nas X, you've had a lot of changes as far as um, I don't know. I'm going with this actually. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> we, well, we talked about like <laughs> genreless stuff in the pop charts. Yeah, that, that, that that's on the notes. That's on the notes somewhere. Uh, no, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I think. Um, wait, where are you going with this? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Khalid. Khalid? Well, but what's that? What's the but, idea of where? Well, but then it goes to the idea of where? I mean, bigger picture, where what's R and B? R and B's gotten if it, it's interesting how we 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 rally the wagon, wagons around fucking country, but R and B's been pillaged and you know hip hop was kind of run through back and forth and nobody's really cared and vice versa. Although hip hop, I feel like is a little more yeah, hip hop is resilient. It's hip hop is one of those things where we don't really care. You know, you do whatever you want as long as it, as long as it bangs, we, we fuck with you. Wait, but, wait, wait. Would you say that about Post Malone though? That was good. That was well played. That was that was a high joker. Well I'm played. leaving right now. Well Think played. About that. Well played. <laughs> Marinate on that. Well played. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. But the thing is, Post Malone does get played. Like we can't be mad. Post Malone, even though you know problematic at times, if it's like I don't hip hop, anybody could do this and yada yada yada. We do give Post Malone love. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, and you know what? Like he's he's right though. Anybody can do anything now. True. And and not saying like you can do it and it's gonna be hot, but like if yeah, I mean you can like study song structure, you can study like all these things on YouTube, you can study, you know, you can buy beats, you can buy like loops and stuff, you could do whatever you want now, and I I think it's 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 a weird thing because yeah, it's like like Post Malone might tomorrow put out a country album. And he'll get on the, the country charts. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I, I see him leaning towards doing that. And it's kind of weird because, you know, although, you know, he flirts with this, this hip hop vibe and like he said these things around hip hop and like we've talked about hip hop having this weight. Do we have to give country, you know, the same benefit of the doubt? It's hard because we've, we've been burned before. You, the, 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 well, but I think that's you know now I'm playing devil, devil's advocate well, I mean, because this, the country has never been in this position before. But, well, the, I would make the argument there. There's even though, and it's an interesting argument to make because I would necessarily not say he crossed over to hip hop proper, but Kid Rock, yeah, Kid Rock out there, and he was somebody where, and and I'm gonna say that he was he was getting pumped in the hood, but he was somebody who came through basically doing rap rock. And he was doing, you know, he, he was known as a quote unquote rapper. And then instead of going deeper into hip hop or even rock music, he pivoted straight into country. And he was somebody where, at least initially, he fashioned himself as an underground Detroit rapper, you know, when he yeah. first came out. And I think, like, that's a fear for Post Malone. Like, yeah. he, I mean, Post Malone could just. 
put on a MAGA hat tomorrow. Yeah, and then, and then he's, he would still have his fans, he would still have his millions, and which yeah. is what literally Kid Rock did. When exactly. He was all pro, and, and, that's, and that's the thing where I think the issue of hip-hop, going back to Miley Cyrus, is the idea of where, unfortunately, there's been a long line of people kind of coming in, using it for credit and leaving, and is the idea of where it's so easy to do so. Like, yeah. it's like if you're an outsider coming into hip hop, you get all the juice and walk out and the wider audience will really accept, really accept you as if nothing happened. Where vice versa, some dude like Lil Nas X has to literally come out there with a fucking flamethrower and a chainsaw and burn down buildings to kind of get hurt. And it's kind of fucked up. No, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's complex. I do like the rap rock era though. Yeah, it was good. I actually like, that's why I get like, you, you, Chris Rocky, you know, like, you hurt me. You hurt me. Like, I did the Bump of Corn album yeah, no, back in the day. I actually want to hear something. Honestly, I've been re listening to Corn. I went to the gym recently and I played it again. We have to have a whole discussion about. <laughs> there, there was a lot of good in that era. There was a lot of interesting things happening. Like, I, I think that. Uh, like a lot of like like hair metal, like you know, there's Guns N' Roses and there's a thousand and one bad things that were happening at the same time. Yeah, I think there's some good nuggets there. I think there's some good things, like, you know. I mean, Lincoln Park in its prime. Yeah, no, that's, it's, that's, it's, that's some. That's, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's the greatest music, but uh, you're bumping that. No, but it had some good. You know? had make an art, but you had some great. Like a lot of good bands came out of the era. I'd I'd, I'd argue that Corn we kind of turn our noses up, but those albums are pretty good. They're pretty. Deftones are able to kind of navigate themselves where they're they're love the Deftones, yeah they're they're man. they're they're considered as a solid rock act period not yeah. not new metal yeah um during that era arguably like a band like System of Down came through there and and they're a band that you know when Rage Against Machine disappeared the OGs of rock metal were holding down the idea of having this militant you know f- fuck you left wing like you know we have a right to exist basically Muslim band you know what I'm saying yeah like these, during during fucking post 9 11 type shit you know what I'm saying. So there was a lot of good in that genre. There's a lot of bad. A lot of bad. There's a lot of bad in every genre. A lot of, lot of, lot of bad but, uh, jogging pants and white guys with dreads don't shower. And <laughs> a lot of weird guitar sounds I that mean, sound like fucking DJ scratches. And like, like three, I mean, all right. Lots of bad this, 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 this is another podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to go. I'm going, I was about to talk about 311. 311, but. you know, I'm one of the greatest songs ever. Quote, guns are for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That was their militant anti-gun violence song. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, on the new music. Uh, for moi, it's a young a young MC from Queens called Dean Spencer. Yep. Um, I believe he came out originally 2017 or so. Mm. But um, what's interesting about Dean Spencer is that, and I'm trying to figure out how to describe him. He definitely comes from like the, the newer age... Hip hop dudes from New York, where like Mike, you know, or like let's say, or where it's very sample based but almost dusty, where things are a little bit off. Like it's a musical loop, yeah. but it's not doesn't line up perfectly. It's it's a little bit more avant garde, but at the same time, he's doing a lot of the the sing songy stuff that a lot of the SoundCloud rappers do. But at the same time, he's doing it in a more musical term, so it sounds more like most Def singing Umi says than it is him actually doing. Trap singing is yeah. a mishmash of, of new and old, he's, which makes sense because he's like 22. Yeah, but um, he has an album that came out a couple of months ago, maybe even a month ago, and it's 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 basically it's it's dope. It's um, he's on the cover there with like a little you know almost looking like a Mr. Potato Head kind of face with the fucking mustache. But um, what I like about it is the fact of where it's avant garde, but in a way you kind of kind of feel, and I think the reason why is because it's basically themed about a breakup. Mm. So. 
going back to the idea of where you've got these song fragments that kind of shift, even though it's a little bit off kilter, it's kind of grounded by his feelings. So like my favorite song on there is a song called Ben. Called ben. And then um, it's something where it's like, it's just basically him. It's your fault. It's not your, my fault. You just see him kind of like arguing or debating with the imaginary girl that he's kind of mad at. Yeah. It's something where long story short is, I think that a lot of avant-garde music, you kind of go in different places as long as you bring it back to a place where there's like humanity. Yeah. And that's with him where, you know, it's a little bit off kilter, but not because it goes back to the idea of future. Where Future himself is a weird kind of example of hip-hop. Because literally, dude is just there, you know, when we were on that trap wave, I got all the biggest money, I got all the fucking women, I've got all the cars. Future was on some, like, she broke up with me for, like, fucking 18 <laughs> mixtapes and made a whole multi-million dollar career out of that. And I think there's some of that in Dean Spencer, but what's cool about him is because he's 22 and he's young and he doesn't hasn't you know ossified into that idea of masculinity yet there's a vulnerability there that's kind of cool and kind of cute and it's almost jazzy at times yeah. it's something where and I, I was trying to think about I was going to describe it to you where it reminded me I was going to use the term of let's say uh like solo aquarians and stuff but not necessarily that but more like native tongues right. where it's like a young dude dealing with emotions and who's got some musical talent so props to him that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. And uh, yeah, no. So I, 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 I uh, there's a couple of Dean Spencer tracks that dropped on like a couple of playlists I was listening to. I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, he's a dope artist. Like, love the album cover for Pretty Face. I was yeah. Like, oh shit! Like this is you know caught my attention. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check him out like more um in the near future. Mm. So. Uh, all right. So for me, this is basically, um, I wouldn't say it's like a, a new artist. Uh, he's been around for a while, but I, I, I'm not hip as the kids say. So, um, I was only hip to this by my brother, actually, uh, shout out freak main. (laughs) <laughs> on, on Freak Main, the, the CEO on Instagram. Da, da, da. Um, but uh, this dude, Shmino. Um, so basically, Shmino's from St. Louis, um, but he's kind of getting looped into this kind of new Midwest uh, music collective of like, you know, Saba and things like that. I think they're all on tour right now or were on tour this year. Yeah, Pivot Gang, I believe they informally call themselves. Oh, they're 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 like a crew now. Pivot Gang. Oh, that's what's up. Well, you know, it's like they're vaguely. It's like uh, it's it's almost like Pivot Gang is the core, but then uh-huh. No Names, Mino, yeah. they're all kind of all around. So it's it's like they're, they're it's like they're you know Saba's the main dude, yeah. but right outside of that sphere. All those other acts kind of fall in. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm actually like, I'm not mad at that because I, I think if you like uh, Saba, uh, care for me, like you'll like uh, his late his uh, latest project, which is like Noir or Noir. Um, and basically, it's just kind of like I would say it's like alternative hip hop, but I get like a lot of like really cool vibes from it. Like he has this like very nasally voice. It's almost kind of like a you know like a little Wayne in a lot of ways, um, but. You know, I just kind of get like some outcast vibes um, from a few things. Uh, there's this track called uh, "Where Do I Put It?" I'm reading my notes, people. Um, but there's a few tracks where it's just like he's just kind of wilding out and like almost like a bombs over Baghdad kind of outcast, like super crazy, <laughs> super like you know, just athletic rhyming skills, like you know. Um, but then there's, there's some more like kind of laid back tracks 
that remind me like almost like far side in a lot of ways um and then there's some you know kind of traditional like trap stuff which i'm not i mean it's not that i don't like it it's just like it kind of sounds more traditional it's like, the trap, same more of the same more, same more the same more the yeah. same so you know uh oh so clink is the track that it's, it's my favorite and it's you either love it or hate it it's literally just him shrieking <laughs> <the chorus. laughs> but the production uh, the beat is dope the production is dope and it's just kind of like it's just like a really cool track um and i think for me like hip-hop i listen to so hip so much hip-hop that like does it just like blends into the background but this track like really got my attention um so yeah i i i really like the project i mean i think the project's a bit too long i think it's like 17 songs or something like that that's like a double album nowadays yeah which like i said there's a lot of filler there's like a lot more kind of like traditional like trap stuff you know traditional like yo i got the the baddest bitch in the game type of stuff which i'm just kind of like all right that's cool like good for you but you know <laughs> i feel like some of those songs can be cut um but you know I, I, and also too like he's working with a lot of like really cool artists like raven lene is on a track um so yeah he, he had some like really cool like like collaborations with artists that um, I think are also emerging um, outside of like m- maybe the Midwest or things like that. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, I'm actually kind of curious to see, you know, like where um, he evolves um, just because I think like, well, yeah, like Barry's on track. That's, that's the other person who I know is emerging. Um, and I think he's from the Midwest as well. Um, so I, I just think it's like a really good, like, um, solid hip hop effort. Um, not as good as Saba's care for me, but in any way. But I think he has like a lot of moments of greatness on this uh, on this album. So, um, yeah, no, I I think like you know if you, like I said if you like Saba if you like some of the the other Pivot Gang stuff, um, I think he he slots in like very nicely, and, he, and I think he. he he's able to play this line around like quote unquote alternative hip hop and kind of, kind of quote unquote, like regular hip hop. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where he goes. I think it's what's interesting about them is the fact of where what's, what's, what's fascinating is I guess Midwest is all spitters now. Yeah. Yeah. It's out of nowhere. And then I just, just, I just said that they were ever, you know, cause obviously, you know, even though he's, he's everybody's annoying ass two woke uncle in common. <laughs> The idea that there's it, always been great MCs from the Midwest, but the idea of where, like, even now, where, let's say, wordplay isn't the highest, it's really cool kind of hearing these cats kind of flow beautifully, going back to yeah. Saba, going back to No Name, but also have fucking bars. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to kind of see him kind of ride that wave. And, you know, it's something where, like, I think what they're doing out there with the whole interconnected kind of fun, and, and it, I won't say necessarily happy, positive hip-hop, because that sounds a little bit, you know, kind of, it sounds a little, you know, cheesy at times, kind of say, oh, they're making this little deep, you know, thought of thoughtful and real hip-hop. It makes me feel a little backpackery, snobby, you know, like, oh. Yeah. But these dudes are out there and doing what they do, doing what they do really well and having fun doing with it while they're doing it is infectious. Yeah, and also too, like they're all connected. So yeah. they're all like touring together and they're all like, you know, collaborating together, which is which is which is great. I feel like like New York kinda of needs that vibe. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, we're, like, we're completely missing that vibe. Yeah, like they were doing the Tonight Show and I remember they had it was um it was sung off No Names album when it was him, Saba and Smino, and it was just fun. Like they were yeah. out there spitting and you know, you see Saba doing the whole fucking 
being, yeah. you know, doing his little, I, I'm in the booth. <laughs> I want to accept park fucking arm movements and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's fucking, it's, it's, it's good. So, um, I don't know. Like it's, I just love the fact of where you've got these young dudes making dope music and early in their fucking career. Yeah. So it's crazy where you know we kind of look around and like the 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 current gods, your Kennys, your fucking J Coles, your Drakes, they're all in their thirties. Yeah. So it's cool kind of seeing these dudes in their early twenties, you know, early to mid twenties, kind of coming up right behind them and are kind of already kind of forces. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing more shit in the future for them. That's right. Yeah. All right. And that's it. That's it. As we go out there, as we go, hop on our horses, <laughs> put our hats on, and ride <laughs> off to the next town. We've cleaned this one up. All the bad guys are in jail. The, the horse called MTA. Oh, the horse called MTA. <laughs> <laughs> A horse is faster. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> A horse will get you there. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, on time. <laughs> on time. <laughs> the Wild Wild West. Cool Mo D. The Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Jesus Christ. Dude. We, I need to, somebody needs to go out there and put a, look, right here, yo, Red Bull Music Academy, before you guys go, give me like fucking 20 G's and I will write the history of country music in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It'll be like 18 hours. I have interviews with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Cowboy Troy, Cool More D. I, 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 I was going to say we should put a, a playlist out on Spotify for the fans. Oh, but, shit. Let's do that. That'd be fun you know, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, 20 G's sounds nicer. That sounds a little so. better. You know, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> well, no, check the playlist. We'll, we'll, we'll get that together. Because, yeah, I mean, look, like, like you all got to know, like, this is not new. We're going, we're going, we're going to educate y'all. Exactly. Wyclef had a song. Was it? Who did he have? He had a he had a country song with fucking. Damn it! Help me with this. It was not Carnival. The album right after Carnival. His his more world music album. He had like a he had a country duet on it also. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. It's like I said. It's hip hop and country. It's hip hop and country, man. You know what I'm saying? Every this is this is not this is not new to this. We're true to this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeehaw, motherfuckers! Yeehaw! Yeehaw! And on that note, <laughs> all right, people, guys, girls, aliens. Hosts, keep on listening. Click on on the like, and we appreciate y'all. Yes, and we'll be next next week. All right, peace, peace.